0: Friday, Friday, thank God it's Friday, Fry- it is Friday, and we are here at the Cast. We're going to be talking about all kinds of things today, from the very sad story of Next Benedict, to eating. We all have to do it, and it appears many of us are not able to afford it.
1: Uncensored. Unfiltered. Unhinged. It's the CorelCast. Listen daily on your favorite streaming service.
0: Happy Friday to you. It is the Corel cast. I am Corell, which makes it convenient. So very glad you are joining me. Thank you, patrons. I love each and every one of you. I can't say it enough. If you're not a patron, please go become one. $4.99 or more a month. Patreon.com. We've been doing it now, Patreon, for six years. Thank you so very much. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash Really Corell. All right, do we start with the sad story first or do we start with the follow-up? Let's start with the follow-up. The IVF law in Alabama where it says that frozen embryos are babies is now causing hospitals to panic because they're like, oh my God, we're murderers because, you know, they dispose of the eggs. Uh, and women are saying, now I'm not going to be able to get in vitro and, and just all this the crap. But what's really come out is that the judge, the Trump-appointed judge, that did this is a huge religious ideologue. And he used religion... In his ruling. And see, I whether you agree with IVF or not, whether you would do it or not, that's not the point. The point is we are in a very dangerous time on this Friday, honey, because religion is sinking into the tar pits, okay? And what happened when dinosaurs and animals sunk into the tar pits? For those of you that live in Los Angeles, you've been to the La Brea tar pits, uh, and you know because you've taken the little tour. For those of you that haven't, you should go. It's a great place. Stinks of tar, though. Uh, but they have these animals and they show you how they sank and what happened. And, and really what happened to all of them uh, is they thrashed about and they tried to get out. And the more they thrashed, the more they sank. It was like quicksand. And the religion knows that it's dying. Okay? It is. Religion is dying. We are becoming atheist or spiritual or whatever you want to call it. But religion's on its way out, and it knows that. And what happens? that When something knows it's about to go, it goes into a frenzy. Even in nursing homes, when people are about to die, they rally. They actually act almost well. You get all happy, like, oh, maybe they're not going to die after all, and then boom, they die. It's called rallying. Okay, so religion is trying to rally. It's trying all over the world. There is so much, you know, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Religion. Religion is causing so much problem. And younger people are seeing this now. And they're turning away. But while religion is thrashing about as it sinks into the tar pits, it's doing things like this ruling on the IVF. This judge should be thrown in a, you see, and America won't do what America needs to do. Which is, throw this judge out throw him out, reverse the law, and say we're not going to do laws based in religion. But see, we like to think of ourselves as a Christian country, the country that likes to hate, discriminate. In fact, if you all ask every Trump supporter if they believe in God, they will all tell you yes. They follow Satan himself, okay? The biggest grifter, criminal, rapist. He's broken all 15 of the Ten Commandments, at least twice. Uh, And yet they follow him, and they would follow him off a cliff. They're cult members. They use him as almost a religion. He's almost a deity to them. He can do no wrong. And so they would all consider themselves godly, these MAGA members who would kill trans people, who would deny gay people the right to marry, who would subjugate women, uh, purity balls, and all this other stuff. I thought purity balls meant that they were cleaned in the shower before you touched them. But whatever. So we have this ruling based in religion. Now, of course, it'll be appealed, and hopefully the Supreme Court will actually do their job. But that's not the point. The point is you're going to see more and more of this as religion sinks into that tar pit. It may not be totally gone in my lifetime, but thank God it's going because, good Lord, religion has you know messed up everybody and everything in this world. There is no pot. You know, I was really disappointed. I was watching this documentary called Becoming King, and it's about Daniel Oyoloweo. He is the African-American actor that played uh, Dr. Martin Luther King in the movie Selma. He's been in many other movies, The Butler. He's been in just men- uh, Lincoln. He's been in he's been in a bunch of movies. And, you know, I watched. It. I was very interested in him as an actor being born in Nigeria and everything. But he just kept saying God wanted him to do this and God told him he was going to get this role. And, and you know what? The hubris of any human thinking that an all-powerful deity would be so involved in your life that they'd want you to get a Grammy or an Oscar or a movie role is just stupid. And he and his wife are all, oh, we prayed on it. We did this. Look, it works for them. And I have to acknowledge good things are happening to him. But that being said, it's not because of God. And he thinks it is. I mean, when I see people thanking God at the Oscars or the Grammys, it's like God doesn't care if you win a Grammy. In fact, God would say, return it. It's not godly to stand up there and be lauded for your accomplishments. God spoke about humility. So the notion that, you know, so I was disappointed in that documentary because it got so gaudy. God, 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 God. So anyway, about about the IVF decision, it will be appealed. It is going to cause panic in uh, the reproductive world uh, until it is appealed and overturned or whatever. But, but it's steeped solely in religion. And you're going to see lots more of these, just like anti-gay laws are steeped in religion and all of that, and I guess we should just, since we're talking about trans and gay and bi and anti-gay laws and religion, next Benedict, I need you to know that name. Next, N E X Benedict was a gender non-binary, fabulous young person in Owasso, Oklahoma. And N E X is dead now. Now N E X got beaten up three days ago, in their bathroom. They went to the bathroom, Next did, and kids who had been bullying Next went in and beat, her, beat them up. And the horror of it is that the parents say that all of this bullying started when the legislation started coming down, the anti-trans, the anti-gay, the anti-drag legislation started coming down because kids take our lead. And so if kids are in the news watching the news, and it shows, you know, anti-trans, anti-gay, and their legislators are making these anti-trans, anti-gay laws. Kids pick up on that and think, hey, it's okay to bully this person. After all, they're, you know, they're illegal, basically. Now, they're saying that Next did not die from injuries sustained in her, in their head, being slammed against the tile floor in the bathroom four to six times. I find that hard to believe. She died, uh, they died the day after they were beaten up. So they were beaten up. The school didn't send them to the hospital. They went home. The next day, they were rushed to the hospital and died. But they want us to believe the school that it had nothing to do with the beating. Of course it did. Even if Next unfortunately committed suicide, which we won't know. Uh, took something or whatever, I think it's something that happened during the beating that took 24 hours to manifest. I don't care what the coroner says. The full autopsy report is not back, and who knows how good the coroner is in o- Owasso, Oklahoma. But that being said, you know, we hear about all of this in the news. For Nex's family, they don't get another fabulous 16-year-old. The parents were doing the best they could to understand Nex. The media has gone out of their way to use Nex's dead name, which is the name a person had prior to their transitioning to gender non-binary or trans or whatever they might be. They've misgendered them in the news. They won't use the they pronoun, you know, whatever. And all I can do is say that I'm so tired of hearing about this. As a gay man at 61 years old, I am so tired. I've, ever since I came out at 14 years old and I was working at the school newspaper, I have covered stories of hatred towards gays, lesbians, trans. And just like the IVF, it's rooted in religion and it's wrong. So MAGA, Nex's blood is on your hands. I know you don't care, but it's on your hands. We should all remember Nex Benedict today. And say we're, we're sorry. We're sorry. Next, we failed you.
1: It's broadcasting from a completely different point of view. Yours. Listen daily to the Corelcast on your favorite streaming service. You're listening to the Corelcast. Driving you home, or driving you crazy.
0: You know, before I move on to the next topic of food and restaurants, I just have to say that I had really supportive parents. I did not grow up at a time where being gay was okay, and now it's becoming that time again. I grew up at a time where it was fine to harm us, legislate against us, kill us, beat us. It it was open season on gays most of my life. And a lot of you may wonder, well, how did you do it, Carell? How did you make it? Did you cry? Did you ever want to kill yourself? Yes. Yes. Remember, I came out in junior high school. Oh, I had a girlfriend in junior high and high school. I did. I tried. I tried so hard to be straight. I didn't want to be gay. I cried and cried and cried about it. Like, please, God, you know, let me. And, and I loved Cynthia. I did. I just knew that it wasn't for me. And I had sex with tons of girls when I was in high school, one of which is now a man, not Tammy. Tammy became Travis. But and I found that out on air on KFI radio. Someone calls in, Travis Gardner, gets on air, starts talking to us, says, oh, you don't remember me, do you, Carell? I said, well, I don't know a Travis Gardner. I knew a Tammy Gardner. And Travis says, well, that was me. I transitioned. And Andrew just stopped the show and let me said, let me get this right. One of the first girls you ever slept with is now a man. I said, yes. And he's all, <laughs> do you have that effect on every girl that you slept with? And he just found great joy in it. But how did I get through in 1975, 1976, 1977, 78? By 80, it was all beds off. 79 and 80. My last year in high school, that was it. I was out. I was gay. I was proud. I was, you know, more girlfriend, had a boyfriend, uh, Ed. And, you know, so anyway, I have to tell you, as cliche as this is, because I did have very supportive parents and a small group of supported friends like Emily Johnson, my oldest friend from high school, who was very supportive from day one. But I have to also tell you, it was Barbara Streisand and Bette Midler. And you guys are gonna be what? Now maybe you all don't understand why gays, particularly gay men, worship these divas. Judy Garland. And it's not just because of their remarkable talent. It's because they speak to us in a way that maybe they don't speak to you. You see, Barbara Streisand was told all of her early life that she couldn't be a famous actress or singer because she didn't look like a famous actress or singer. They even went so far as to call her ugly. And they wrote about how big her nose is. All Jew shaming, basically. Uh, And all this other crap. And yet what did Barbara do? She grew her nails long so she could never get a job in retail. She She just started auditioning for everything. She literally called up songwriting offices and said that she was working with big artists, oh, I'm working with, you know, Mel Tormier or whatever, to have them send over new songs that she would then sing. She slept in recording studios and music rehearsal halls all around New York. Mike Doug, uh, Mike, um, the guy from 60 Minutes, Mike Edwards, whatever his name is. Mike, I've, I've blocked his name because he made her cry in a later interview. Uh, but Mike Wallace, uh, he joked about her keys. Like, how do, why do you have so many keys? In, in her first televised interview. And she said, it's because I sleep here on Wednesday. I sleep here. And her philosophy was, I'm not going to let them laugh at me. I'm going to make them laugh with me. And I heard that philosophy of hers like in 1975. And I thought, oh, so if I turn the joke around, if I become so outlandish and, and in doing so, so popular, they won't be able to pick on me. And if they do pick on me, they'll look stupid because I'll already be in on the joke. I will be the one perpetrating the joke. So I became outlandish and flamboyant. And yes, that was a self-defense mechanism. But I did it so I controlled the joke. That's why now when someone says, "ooh, gay or faggy or whatever, I'm, like, well, honey, that's not an insult. It's an observation. And the same for Bette Midler. When I saw Divine Madness in 1979, like, and I saw her walk out there and be brash and brazen and be herself, and her motto at the time was, fuck them if they can't take a joke. That got, it literally got me through. It became my attitude. Screw them. I know who I am. The people I love know who I am. I'm going to do what I want to do. And if they don't like it, fuck them if they can't take a joke. And so Barbara and Betts' influence and inspiration about authenticity, being yourself, following your dream, and not letting others shape your image of who you are, that those messages they got me through. And they can get you through too. So many people today are worried what other people think of them. They're worried about conforming, about fitting in. I mean, that's all of MAGA. That's that's all they care about is being lockstep in line with the neg- And And, you know, it's the person that doesn't care about that that is actually the person you want to know. Now, I don't know what struggles you have in your life, but I will tell you this. You have got to believe that you are worthy. That you are worthy. And if I could go hug every next Benedict that there is, if I could right now go tell every 15-year-old, and I've done it, I have saved people's lives just by being on the radio they have called. I have met them years after when they said, you saved my life. I was there, Barbara Streisand. I was their Bette Midler. Andrew and I, or just me, but both of us when we were a couple, we changed so many minds. And this is in the 90s, before gay marriage, before gay rights. Here we were, this gay couple, loud and proud, right after Dr. Laura. And we did it unashamed. We went on air and we didn't care what people thought of us. We knew we had each other. We knew we were in love. And that's that. They couldn't touch us. Oh, we got hatred, and yes, it bothers you, and it gets you down, and I've cried. I still cry when people misunderstand me or don't know that my heart is open to love and and to kindness and all of that. When they think I'm something that I'm not, it gets me down, but not down enough to kill myself, not down enough to let it change me. And so if you're out there and you're struggling and you're gay or bi or trans or you're black or you're a woman and you're struggling because of what society is doing to you, no. No. This is your time. We are only here for a short time. This everything on this planet is here for you. That's my attitude. That's why I can walk into any room with any person in it and just, you know, be me. Because everybody and everything on this planet is here for me. Which means that I, because I'm here. This is my time. That also means you have to take care of it. You have to respect it. You have to respect others. You have to respect the planet. Doesn't mean you don't go, you to go through life not caring about others. Just the opposite. You care about others. You love. You don't let them take that from you because they want to. Next must have felt terribly alone and isolated there in Owasso, Oklahoma, or whatever. Always picked on at school. Parents that are trying to adapt. Only 16 years old. Gay and lesbian kids still outrank everybody when it comes to suicides. Trans kids. And if I could just reach each and every one and say, no, the best revenge is living. The best thing I can do to piss off all my haters is survive and thrive. So that's how I got through. Barbara and Bette. I did. I immersed myself in Streisand and Midler, and I used their example not just as an entertainer. I am the entertainer I am because of those icons. People like Diana Ross, who fought racism to go on to become Diana Ross. She would go perform at clubs where she had to walk out the back. She couldn't even eat in the dining room. But she did it. And she didn't let the haters keep her from following her dream. So many gay people, so many women, so many people of color don't follow their dreams because they let people stop them. Don't let them stop you. You are worthy. All
1: of you. Every one of you.
0: You're worthy. Except Donald Trump. He's only worthy of a jail cell. And except MAGA. They're only worthy of being in jail. If
1: you're not visiting reallycorel.com daily, you're missing out. Get the podcast videos and the blog, including recipes, at reallycorel.com. That's really, K-A-R-E-L.com. It's broadcasting from a completely different point of view. Yours. Listen daily to the Cast on your favorite streaming service. You're listening to the Corel cast, driving you home or driving you crazy.
0: You know, we gays, we have little sayings and quips, and one of mine that I always quit back at people is, Well, a girl's gotta eat, honey. You know, when I'm doing something or something like, well, why did you do that gig for so much, you know, for so cheap? A girl's got to eat. So we do, all of us have to eat, girls and boys and everything in between. 87% of all restaurants are understaffed. 87%. There's a big article in the New York Times today about restaurants and dining and food. And I read it with great interest because I have to tell you, one of my favorite things to do is eat out. It always has been. And there's a lot of sociological things tied into that. To me, eating out meant financial stability. Poor people can't eat out. Well, back in the day, they couldn't. Now that's all poor people do is eat out because they go to the cheap dollar drive-thrus or whatever that, you know, they don't cook at home. Uh, They think cooking at home is more expensive than eating out. It's not even now in today's world. But there was a lady on TikTok that went viral because she was mad that her spam was $5 and that rice is now eight dollars a bag for two for a pound or two pounds of rice, and that is ridiculous. Quinoa is much cheaper, and there's other cheaper grains than rice. But still, a a bag of rice is going to last a single person for weeks. So I was like, "Look, lentils are only two ninety nine a pound. Why does she need the spam?" You know, and oh, I got hatred. Got called to Karen and everything. And then I showed them that to make a big pot of lentil soup, which would last you all week long and be good for you, the whole pot of stu- soup can be made for under $7. All right? And then you can get quinoa. And other. So we all have to eat. I love eating out. Okay? But restaurants have become way too expensive. And they were breaking down why. The labor costs are up. People don't want to tip. And so they can't keep servers in there. And many restaurants are now moving to an all-inclusive price where you don't tip. And I got to tell you, I'm getting sick of tipping. Now it just says 18 20 and 25%. They don't even do the 15% anymore. So I have to hit custom. I am that person. I hit custom, and I tip 15%. If that's not enough for you, get a different job. I'm not tipping you one quarter of the bill for bringing it to me. Some restaurants are going to counter service where you order at the counter, get your food, and then you go sit down. Diners don't want to do that. They want to sit down, be waited on, but they don't want to pay exorbitant prices for that. And it's become that way. So restaurants are failing in record numbers, record numbers. They're claiming that they can't get people to work. Uh, Diners want to come in, but they don't like the pricing. Some are doing surge pricing. Where popular menus are more expensive, like on the weekends, but then it's cheaper, like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, to try to get people to come eat at that time. And so you and I, we are having, you all are now having the debate that I have every day, which is, do I go out or do I cook? Do I go out or do I cook? And I get why a lot of you don't cook. It's labor intensive. Cleaning is a lot. And it takes a lot of time. I get it. But as you know, in today's economy, you got to cook. You know, you got to. Because eating out is just getting too expensive. And so where is that going? You know, where where is that going? Is dining out going to be for only the rich? I'd like you to comment down below. How often would you like to eat out versus how often do you eat out? For those of you that have nine to five jobs, Are you bringing your lunch more now than instead of going out to lunch? So comment down below or send me an email at contact at reallycorel.com or just go to my website, reallycorel.com. I invite you all to go to that website and click on the contact link or just down below here on YouTube, youtube.com forward slash reallycorel. Please go and subscribe. I need to get these numbers up. Subscribe to my Instagram. Subscribe to my threads. Reallycorel, K-A-R-E-L. How often do you eat out versus how much would you like to? Now, food prices are soaring, and there's been several articles about why. The bottom line is corporate greed and shrinkonomics, where they're shrinking the boxes and they're taking food out but charging you more. Biden is now stepping in about that. But businesses, cake mixes are going from like, you know, 14 ounces to 10 ounces. Everything, you'll notice. You know, you used to get a dozen in th- something. Now you get eight, but they're charging you more money. A lot of you are noticing this at the grocery store. They're charging you more for less product. So how are you? Uh, Nevada is number two in the country for grocery cost, $257 a week on average. California, number one at $259 a week. They're blaming... Uh, citrus tree disease, climate change, crops failing. Um, they're, they're blaming transportation cost, labor cost, all of this. However, all those companies blaming those things are making record profits. Would you vote for a candidate that said they wanted to cap all grocery profits at 11%? That no grocery retailer or wholesaler could make more than 11% profit on the groceries. You know, that's how restaurants are supposed to work. 30% food cost, 30% labor cost, 30% overhead cost, and 10% profit. That's how they're supposed to. That's that's the 30-30-30-10 that most restaurants are used to. Now, they don't have that. The 10% is being eaten into by a higher cost to them. They, of course, are passing that on to you. Lunch is now 20 bucks no matter where you go. It's 20 bucks. I heard that even fucking McDonald's is like 15 to 20 bucks for lunch for one person. And I can't believe that. I don't go eat that crap, but I can't believe they're charging that much for that crap. A bean burrito from Taco Bell, which I can't eat, by the way. A bean burrito, which used to be 49 cents, is $1.99, I think, now. Or even more, it might be $2.50. So prices are soaring, and what are you doing? How many times a week would you, do you want to go out to eat versus how many times do you? See, I want to go out every day for lunch. Every day before lunch, I think, oh, I want to go out for lunch. And then I don't. I cook. Because I have food here. I've got tofu. I've got tempeh. I've got frozen things. I've got veggies. I've got starches like rice or potatoes. And so I just cook up some meal especially being vegan. But I'd love, like today, today, Friday, I would love to go out for lunch. Friday is my go out for lunch day. But I went out earlier in the week and lunch cost $35. I got the entree, a small salad, and a beverage. And the pomegranate lemonade was $7 with no refills. I was flabbergasted. So tell me down below, how are you doing food? Are you eating out? Are you cooking in? How many times do you eat out versus how many times do you want to? I am Carell, be who you want to be so it doesn't hurt anybody. Have a great and glorious weekend. And next Benedict, we remember you. We remember your name. You should not be dead. We are sorry that you are. Hey, it's Carell. Amber and I would like to thank you for joining us today and remind you there's a way to never miss a thing. And that's by subscribing right now to my YouTube channel. Just click the subscribe button below or go to youtube.com forward slash reallycorel. That's youtube.com forward slash reallycorel for a world of great free content. And that content is kept free by the fabulous group of patrons at Patreon. Why not become one and show your support for the show? Just $5 a month or more and you're in. Go to patreon.com forward slash reallycorel. That's patreon.com forward slash reallycorel. My website is reallycorel.com and everything fabulous is there from the show to blog and recipes. Instagram and all social media are, you guessed it, reallycorel. And it couldn't get much easier by simply downloading the free CorelCast app at the app store of your choice. And then all the content from Corel Media will flow right on through. That's the free CorelCast app. Remember, I am Corel. Be who you want to be so I don't hurt anybody. And subscribe and participate today.